Hello, everybody. This is the Way of the Wayfarer podcast, and I'm Rodrigo, and here is uh, my good friend Perry. Perry is a minister in the Columbia Church of Christ, and he's also the three-time South Carolina State Champion winner of Malcolm X Lookalikes, <laughs> and he only retired for controversy because, look at him, he was always going to win. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Oh, Barry, but. today <laughs> we are talking about faith. Amen. And uh, more than just talking about faith, we are talking about a life of faith. And uh, just for those of you who are new to the podcast, which probably a lot of you are, uh, what how we do this is that I do a lesson, which is, uh, I guess, episode one in uh, sort of like the faith topic, if you will. Sure. And then Perry listens to it, and then we sit down to have a conversation about it. So this is that conversation. Yes. And so you listen to the lesson, and you have questions and thoughts. Yep. And uh, just let me summarize really quick what the lesson was about. And basically what I talked about in that lesson, uh, you can go listen to it, but I'll just summarize for the sake of uh, this conversation. Uh, Basically, uh, faith is something that I think as Christians and as people of faith is a concept we're very familiar with. It's a concept that we... uh, I think understand very well. One of the things that I talked about is how Hebrews 11.1 1 gives us a very simple and very profound definition of what faith is supposed to be. Mm. And that is simply that faith is uh, sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. Right. And as I don't think I've not met anybody that necessarily challenges that definition. Sure. But the thing is, Perry, is that that I don't think is necessarily something that many of us live by. Okay. Uh one of the things that I talked about in the previous episode is how the life of faith is basically like walking up to a cliff and looking into the dark abyss and being willing to jump and jumping. Right. And not necessarily what knowing what's going to happen, but somehow knowing that you're okay, mm. that you're going to be okay. And one of the things that I really spent a lot of time talking about was how uh, a lot of times what is the life of faith will look like craziness to people that are observing our lives. Right. And so, uh, with all that being said, Perry, any thoughts, questions, comments? Yeah. <clears throat> I have two, two thoughts slash questions as I listen to the, uh, the podcast. And one of them comes from just me contemplating, praying through, and studying out faith myself uh, in terms of even challenging that definition. Um, but I, I think I'll ask that question second. Okay. Uh, the first question I really want to ask, and I, and I wrote it down here. I said, why is faith so hard with God, but not hard with other things? And, and I say that because a lot of times we can look at things from a religious point of view, and that concept of faith, standing on a cliff, being ready to jump off into the unknown, um, but like in reality... Every day is unknown. Right, right, right. We don't know what's going to come next. Um, but with God, we feel a lot more fear than we do with our jobs, than we do with getting in our cars and driving, than we do with anything that we do with our day-to-day lives. That, we just kind of assume everything's going to be okay. Right, right, right. But with God, it's like, nah, man, I, <laughs> I, I don't trust you. you know. And, and why do you think it is that there is such a difference there? Well, I think for one, uh, the precedent, because certainly the stories in the Bible, uh, I don't know, some of the stuff like parting of the Red Sea, mm-hmm. 
Moses showing up and bringing all these disaster upon like this super powerful nation, uh, a bunch of uh, really misfits with no land conquering a land, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, little tiny armies defeating like huge armies, uh, walking on water, somebody being raised from the dead, uh, curing somebody of their disease that they've had for like a long time, curing lepers and like allowing cripples to walk again and all this other stuff. Right. Like I think it, it's, dude, it's so beyond... Uh, our understanding of things and how even our world operates. Right. Like, I, I think I think it's because of the nature of miracles, to mm -hmm. put it in a very short sense. Like, miracles seem so beyond what we can touch and feel and all this right. other stuff. And um, it just seems like if God is involved, right, like if we're going to involve God with our plans, mm -hmm. I think what's scary is sort of understanding that is going to involve something that is like well beyond yeah. what we know and understand to be even be natural. You right. know what I mean? Right. And I think that's really challenging. Like it requires, um, it requires abandoning or understanding how the world works. Mm. And I think that's really hard because we're so attached to everything that's around us. Right. You know what I mean? And I think, and I think that's the challenging part. Like, um, you know, one of my favorite passages in the Bible is when uh, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And he says, like, hey, you don't see it, but you like it's like the wind, yeah. basically. Yeah. And again, I think the the faith is very much the same is like it's it's hard to see faith. It's hard to like touch it. But like you experience it. Right. And if anything, I think that's another layer of complication is that at the end of the day, I think faith is, is an experience. Mm. And in order to have experiences, you have to do things. Right. And again, I think it's a lot easier to think about faith. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to understand the concept of faith than it is to live the life of faith. Absolutely. And I like what you said. Uh, there's a level of us abandoning what we know about the world. Um, and and that, that even assumes... You know, for the scientists out there who know a lot about how the world works, I could see things being heavily difficult for them uh, to abandon what they know about how the world works. Um, most of us aren't scientists, though. Right. And most of us don't know much about how many things work. Um, <laughs> uh, and yet, uh, you know, we, we find it hard to trust this God who's saying he, he actually knows better than anybody else how the, how the world works. Um, and I think even further than that, it requires us to abandon um, what we know about how the world works, but then it requires us to abandon even oftentimes what we want in our own plans. Yeah. And I, I think that is the more difficult part of like, yeah, it might go beyond my understanding. The thing that I fear more, though, is that it goes beyond my desires. Um, that's true. And that's where most people rail against faith. It's right. like... Maybe, but I might jump off that cliff and not get what I want. Um, and I think that's problematic for a lot of people. The, the next question I had, and I think uh, everything you just said kind of bleeds into this. As I've studied out faith, and, and, and I'll admit, I haven't done a specific word study on this. And so the question I'm going to have is going to kind of be twofold. Um, but is there a difference between faith in the sense of sure of what you hope for, certain of what you do not see, um, and fidelity 
uh, in the sense of being completely committed and loyal. And, and the reason why I bring these two things up is because I, I think the conclusion I've come to in studying out faith is that the whole unknown jumping off of the cliff analogy is kind of, uh, it, it explains what happens or, or how we can see faith a lot of times. But I think in its base form, because and the thing that comes to mind is this, God is called faithful. Right. And again, that, I, I don't know, God doesn't need, God knows everything. Like, it's not like he needs the kind of faith that we need to jump off the cliff. He knows everything, and yet he is still faithful. But I, when it says that, it means he's committed to us. He, he is going to be there for us. And I, I think I've come to this conclusion that, like, faith, though it is us standing at the edge of the cliff, more than that, it's us committing to a specific direction right committing to god saying whatever happens when i jump off of this cliff i am with god going to do whatever he tells me to do 100 percent. i guess the question i have is do you think there's a difference scripturally between the the kind of cliff jump idea of faith and the fidelity idea of faith well so this is interesting right because i think the the concepts are related but even the words itself are not the same. Because mm. uh, even, uh, so the word faithful is a different word than the word faith. Mm. And faithful is really a synonym of loyal. Right. But to your point, I think faithfulness in the context of Christianity uh, is very much to do with faith in that in order to be faithful to God, Right. A lot of times you have to believe that what the Bible tells us is his nature mm. is true. So, you know, even personally, like I've been reading the Psalms for the past uh, month or so. And one of the things that really amazes me is how um, how many times David appeals to god's nature mm. like he literally tells them like live up to who you are right you know what i mean like you say that you're faithful like come on like be faithful right and he's super bold with god as to like what he prays about and sort of the situations that he's in yeah but i think to have faith in god and to be faithful to god i think are related in the sense that for us to really be faithful it requires us to have a faith in God's nature mm. because without that, and again, even, even in, uh, in Hebrews 11, one of the things that Hebrews 11 talks about is how it's impossible to please God without faith, yeah. like faithfulness. It's ultimately the, like our, our obedience is the ultimate expression of our faithfulness. Right. Right. But even like, and we know that our obedience pleases God, mm -hmm. but it, like, how are you going to obey God if you don't even like believing him or right. if you don't, and, and especially again, even when you look at a precedent, right? Some of the actions that God asked people to take mm -hmm. were ridiculous. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. even like the story of Gideon where he's like through many passes, constantly thinning out his forces. Right. And Gideon is like, okay, I guess I'll do that. Right. But that, re like that requires an understanding of like, Hey, I'm doing this. Mm -hmm with an understanding that God is the one that's going to give me victory. Absolutely. And 
And I think in that sense, I think the two are really related. Right. But I, I think, uh, I also think that they're not necessarily mutually exclusive. Because I yes. think a lot of times you can lack faith and sort of will yourself to take an action just because you feel like it's your obligation. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, that all makes sense. And, and I like what you said about like a lot of the times in the Bible, the things that God is asking the people in the Bible to do, they, they seem wacky. They seem crazy. They seem, hey, uh, Moses, go stand at the edge of the sea. When you get there, you'll know right. what to do. Uh, and Moses is like, you know, there's an army chasing me. And God's like, hold on a sec. I'm going to show you something you have no idea about. Right. Um, and, and oftentimes, I, I think in today's day and age, one, I think we're just dramatic people. I think we're, we're, we're uh, scared people. Um and so I, I think the things that God requires of us um, don't necessarily if you if you really thought about them, they wouldn't look too wacky, right? Like love your neighbor. Right. Who wouldn't want a neighbor that will, you know, hop up at the drop of a dime and, and help want to help you out at any point, you know, cut your grass and gives you a cup of sugar. Like everybody wants that. Right. Um, but like, you know, we tend to just not think about those kinds of things that what God is asking us to do. We don't think about them in such simplistic ideas. Uh, yes. We think about them in like, well, no, like God wants me to, you know, quit my job and, and give all my money to the poor and nobody's doing that. And that looks unwise. And how am I going to feed myself? And it's like, well, first love people, you know, first do the things, the basic nature of God things. Right. And then all these other things will start to make sense. I think we jump to the complexities. We jump to calculus, you know, without knowing how to add and subtract. Right. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because I, I do think that there is uh, a dimension of faith now that you're talking about it. Because I've thought about this before, right? And we don't think of these things uh, a lot of times in terms of a skill, mm. if that makes sense. Sure. Uh, but I do feel like a lot of these things in Christianity, uh, like faith, like faithfulness and all this other stuff, uh, is not something that you're just born with. It's not something right. that you just like wake up one day and you go like, hey, like here I am right. ready to jump. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I do think that it's something that that uh, that we can grow into. Hmm. And I think it's important to mention that because for the person out there. Uh, that is, and this is one of the things that I talked about in, in the previous episode, is how how many things we've not done mm. because of our lack of faith. And right. if you are one of those people that you had like this big dream and you had like this intention to do something awesome and you didn't because you were afraid, uh, let me say this: I don't know that it that it's necessarily a scenario in which like you just go from where you are to that from <laughs> overnight. But but what I'm saying is that if if you lack the faith, I do think is that is something that you can build. Absolutely. And I think is when you sort of take a risk, a small risk, right? And then you see that God is faithful because you took a risk, be it a small one, then you feel a lot more confident to take the bigger ones. Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, but it's totally what you're saying. Like I think uh, even something like our faithfulness can build into our faith because for example, take uh, sharing our faith for example sure. like being evangelistic right it could be a super intimidating thing mm -hmm. right and it could be something that we're that that we uh, a lot of times don't feel um, competent doing that we feel like we're not uh, knowledgeable enough 
good looking enough, uh, whatever, uh, eloquent enough, right. any of those things. <coughs> but I think when we do it, in spite of those things, and God, uh, because again, ultimately evangelism is about God, and He's the one changing hearts out there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, think of people that have like done it with a lot of like they've reached out to somebody with filled with doubt in their hearts of like no this is not gonna work right and it works then you go like oh man like it worked right right and you understand that this was so beyond you (laughs) that it had to be gone right right like i feel like we we need to have those experiences and i think uh one of the things that i want to talk about in on this episode is how like i feel like church ought to be a place uh or let me put it this way i think there's a better way to put it i think church culture ought to have a certain degree of risk taking culture there shouldn't be people that there shouldn't be other people more willing to take risks than christians right 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 because we literally have nothing to lose right and the promises that we are made, right, that God makes, that Jesus makes, like, they would ensure that we're taken care of, right, even if we put our well-being on the line. Right. And you know what I mean? Like, even when Jesus says, like, hey, like, seek, uh, seek the kingdom, like, don't don't be worried about what you're going to eat or what All clothes you're going to wear. Be taken care of. Like, they will right. be taken care of. Like, seek the kingdom and his righteousness first. Like. That's what he's saying. Like, hey, if you seek the kingdom, right. don't worry. Like, you will be taken care of. Right. But, and again, we understand that. And even when Jesus says it, it sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. But, dude, to do it, right? And what I'm saying is that if, if Christians belong to the kingdom of God, you should be seeing that on a consistent basis. Absolutely. People abandoning even their well-being, right? Like, right. what we think is... Food, standard, shelter. Standard idea of well-being. Right. right. The standard idea of right. well-being for the sake of the kingdom. And and that is, that is taking risk, man. Like somebody leaving their job, somebody moving away from family, somebody moving away from the town that they've known their whole lives right. to go to countries that are far more dangerous than this one. Right. All this other stuff. Ought to be stuff that people go like, well, that's kind of dangerous. Right. Right. But again, I think the difference with us and what makes it a, di- a risk and not a danger is that, like, God's got our backs, man. Right. Well, so <coughs> you, you, you said a lot there. And an analogy came to my mind, uh, especially when we were talking about you, you can't go from – you can't do calculus if you don't know addition. Like, faith is a learned thing. It is something that grows, yes. right, like a muscle. Um, but, like, I, I think about my daughter, and she just learned how to walk. Um she didn't know how to walk three weeks ago, uh, and she went from crawling to taking a few steps to now following me around the house. Right. And oftentimes, not even following me, just walking around the house doing amen. things. <laughs> right. Um, which is, it's like, amen, awesome. She's learning and she's growing. But I think there's something that a family provides to a child that allows the child the strength, the understanding, and the comfortability to stand up when they've never stood up before to right. walk when they never walked before and uh she uh my daughter she was very cautious at first and she would you know stand there and you know and then she'd fall down but like i, I think as we get older 
the nebulous family should be a place, just like you're saying with the church, where risks should be taken. Right. But I think a lot of times the nebulous family has this idea of success in mind instead of health, right? Right. And and when we champion success, um, oftentimes we can throw health out of the window. We make our kids want to get straight A's, and we make right, our right, kids right. Uh, do go through all these structures, and need, they need to go to college, and they need to do this, and they need to do that, and they need to go by the standard of what the world tells us is how you get a successful human being right. rather than giving them the – love and the freedom to really grow and flourish in the areas that they need to grow and flourish in. And I know that analogy, you know, I think scientists out there and people who have studied the nebulous family and how do you raise kids might be like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> but there is something to be said about helicopter parents, right? about parents who shelter their kids to the point where, yeah, they might make straight A's, but they have no idea how to function with other right. human beings. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because I've actually uh, done studies, right? And kids who take risks grow up to be more confident children. <laughs> and um, and I think the same thing goes for our faith. I think when we are willing to take risks, we end up being more faith-filled people. Right. Right? And it's, you know, you said something that, I <laughs> that really made me think of this. Um, because I do think that um, that churches have plans, right? Mm-hmm. And they have a, a a picture of what they want to do, and I and I think every church should have that. Absolutely, right? absolutely. At the same time, and this and again, this is something that I didn't mention on the previous episode that I wanted to mention here, because I think one of the one of the uh, one of the levels, right, that as Christians we can't escape in this is when you bring the Holy Spirit into this equation, right? Uh, I think it adds an extra layer of this risk-taking stuff that we're talking about because what you see, uh, the places, like Mm -hmm. if you read the book of Acts, right? The places that the Spirit takes people to, right? Right. The same scenario is places that don't make sense and places that are dangerous. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, one of the things, one, one of the uh, people that I always think about when I talk about this is Philip, right? Who literally, the book of Acts tells us that the, the Holy Spirit took him to the desert. Right. And I don't know if that means that, you know, Philip was doing something and then he was like, oh, I should go to the desert. Or literally, right. like, he he was a Star Trek teleported. Right. Teleportation. From, from where he was. Absolutely. From where he was to the <laughs> desert. And he goes, like, what am I supposed <laughs> to do here? But... But the so this desert road that he was in, right? And right. it's interesting because I read a commentary that the road that he was in actually went through a set of ruins, hmm. right? And so this this road that he was in in the desert was so desolate that even the cities that once stood there were no longer there, <laughs> right? Right? This is not the place where you think you're going to encounter somebody, right? And yet alone encounter somebody who would be a willing to talk to you right and be open to the gospel man right and that's exactly what he goes and finds right and even the, so this is at the beginning of the book of acts and towards the end of the book of acts bar none one of my favorite p- passages in the bible in acts 20 where where paul is basically saying goodbye to a bunch of elders because he's going back to jerusalem and stuff and he says like hey i've, I've preached to you in the streets and home to home and all this other stuff, and now the Spirit is telling me, like, I'm, I want to go back to Jerusalem, right? 
and the spirit is telling me that danger is going to find me at every turn. Right. And I'm like, dude, if the spirit is telling you, <laughs> then why would you go? <laughs> right. And he goes. Right. Right. And he goes because like he has this money that he wants to take to the, to the church in Jerusalem and he's being super faithful. With, but at the same time, like he understands like, hey, the spirit is taking me in a direction that I may not necessarily be willing to go to. Yep. Right. But like the Paul was a man full of faith. Right. You know what I mean? And, and to think of of this man, right, Paul, who was uh, uh, a, a part of the Sanhedrin, who was a super well-established Jewish teacher that probably had a certain amount of wealth. Dude, like the places that he went to and the, the lows that he experienced right, right. because he was a man of faith. And, right. And again, like I think this this idea, right, when we read about this stuff, this kind of stuff makes us incredibly uncomfortable. Right. Because, again, part of the thought that goes into our heads is, like, should my life look this way? Right. Right. Well, and, and the thing that comes to my mind, you know, again, thinking about child rearing and that kind of stuff, is that when I'm with my daughter, I am constantly looking out for her. So that means I'll let her go do things with me present that – I might not let her go do on her own. And there are areas where I'll say, hey, no, don't do that. Does that make sense? Right. Uh, and then areas where she might be like, no, I don't want to do that. But I'm saying, come on, you can do it. And I think the nature of faith, like as we're talking about all this, I think it's important to mention, like the only way to have faith, to be faithful, to to be a man like Paul who knows that the danger is at every turn and yet he's still willing to go because the spirit is leading there is to be people who are extremely close to God. Yes. Like, and I think oftentimes we want the fruit of faith without the relationship with God. Yeah. Right. We want that success. Right. But we don't want to walk humbly with our God. And, and, and I think humbly is the key word there. Right. And Micah, because if, if, if we, if what we want is ultimately what we're aiming for, our desires, what we're aiming for and not just being deeply, intertwined with the God of the universe, then like faith is not going to have the results that you think it's going to have. Um, And and I just wanted to mention, like, I think one of the biggest, the nature of faith and and, and the way we're going to have it is it's not about willpower, right? It's not about mustering mustering up enough courage to just jump off the cliff. No, it's it's being so close to God and so in step with him that even though he leads you, and that's the key thing there is right. he's got to be leading you. Right. Even though he leads you into these places that might seem dangerous, we have complete confidence because he has led us there and will get us through it. But that leads me to a question, though, that I wanted to ask. What happens when, well, okay, feeling versus faith. I wanted to throw this out there. You mentioned in, in, in the, the previous episode, like, this idea of what if you have an idea and you feel like God is calling you to this thing. And, and sometimes maybe you're so in tune with God that, yes, something clicks and you read something in Scripture and you're like, I need to go do this, right? Right, right. You read a Scripture about adoption. It's like, I need to adopt somebody. You know what I'm saying? You read a Scripture about serving the poor. I need to go give money to the poor. Um, but there's no Scripture about doing a podcast, you right, know, right, or right. putting your job to go, you know, pursue a side hustle um, or, or what the world would say it's a side hustle. So – how do we know if it's just a desire we have because we hate our job and like to go do something else or if God is really calling us to it? 
how do we know if it's faith or feelings? I mean, so I think I I well let me let me answer this in a couple of, of ways because I do think um, again going back to what I was talking about here in, uh, a few minutes ago, I think one of the things that we're gonna have to accept right as part of the life of faith is that living the life of faith a lot of times require us to go against pre-established plans. Mm. And I think that goes for like our individual lives. And I think that goes even for uh, churches and ministries. Right. Right. Because again, and I want to make this very clear because I don't want anybody to think out there that I'm an anarchist of any kind. <laughs> I do believe in order. Uh, but like I was saying, like I feel like a lot of times churches have and ought to have a clear direction in which they're going towards, okay. right? Right. Um, and you lead a min- ministry, yep. right? And there's certainly a certain uh, direction that you want to take you and the people in your ministry, right? But imagine somebody, say, like a very crucial person in your ministry, mm-hmm. one of your students who's a leader who, you know, wants to do all these things mm-hmm. and uh, all of a sudden wakes up one day and goes like, hey, Perry, like, I don't want to go to college anymore. Right. I want to move to Vietnam and, you know, go preach the gospel to the Buddhists out right. there, right? And, again, it, your natural reaction, my natural reaction would be like, why right. Why do you want to do this, right? right? And, uh, and, and in some ways it messes you up because here's a guy that you rely on. Sure. He's a guy that has a lot of influence in your ministry who's all of a sudden going to be gone, right? And I feel like in that scenario, and I think any of these things that we're talking about, um, ought to ought to be uh, decided on with a lot of prayer, mm. with a lot of fasting, with a good degree of advice, and we'll get to the whole question of advice here in a right, second, because right. that is something that I addressed in the in the previous podcast, uh, and and even then, right? I don't know that you'll ever be a hundred percent sure. Right. But see, here's the thing, and let me let me throw this scenario at you. And hopefully it makes sense because I think that that, again, when you take into account that uh, that uh, we engage in a lot of these things, these these faith filled actions, right, that we engage in them because we're believing who God is. Mm-hmm. So that's a big part of it. Right. Part of what goes into that is the understanding that God worked out situations even when they weren't going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Right. And somebody that comes to mind when I talk about this all the time is Joseph. Right. Joseph was destined right. to be over his older brothers. Right. Which in an ancient society, in an ancient, I guess, not yet Jewish society, but in an ancient society, that was like unheard of. Right. Because it was the eldest kid that usually was the one that was over the family when the father was gone. It was the one that got all the inheritance when the father was gone. And here's the youngest of all the brothers Mm -hmm. that shows up one day and tells him, like, hey, I had this dream. (laughs) And let me tell you what it means. Right. Right. And obviously, everybody gets mad at him. Right. right? And a lot of times what we read into that is that Joseph was being arrogant. Sure. Right. And let's let's assume that that was the case, that what, what was in Joseph's heart was was a lot of flexing. Right. Right. 
And obviously, there's natural consequences to that. Probably not as extreme consequences as what their brothers, <laughs> as what his brothers did, right? right? But right. but nobody's gonna like that guy, of course, right? And so, uh, but what's amazing though is that even then, even then, God still works out what He intended to work out, mm. right? And a, and a lot of times, and I think this is something that we don't think about enough. One of the, to me, the the story of the patriarchs, right? Joseph and his all his family members and the people that came before him and Abraham and all of them. To me, is the perfect picture of the fact that God is faithful to us, not because of us, but in spite of us. Right. Right. And I think, again, knowing that that's true about God, I think, right, that we could make a terribly wrong decision mm -hmm. and God can still work it out. Yeah. Right. So like your student, that's an area that we were talking about. Your student can indeed go to Vietnam. Absolutely. And dude, he could have like a horrible time. Right. And it could be one of the worst things that he ever did in life. Right. But somehow you have to believe that even in that case, God is going to use that for the good. Yeah. Because see, see here's the thing. <coughs> Sorry. If, if faith requires a certain degree of abandon of how we understand the world functions, right? Then that even goes to sort of the the usual set of like, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, action and reaction sure. type of thing. So you take this decision and naturally this is what's going to happen, right? right? But the minute you involve God into that equation, that no longer works the way it's supposed to. Right. And sometimes that's to our benefit. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I think we can all, we all have stories mm -hmm. of like, we made bad choices and right. somehow God saved us from something really big. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, 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 and I think we talk a lot about that when like on our, our pre Christian days, mm -hmm. right? Like, Hey, you know, I drank a lot and I got into my car and I had this accident, and somehow I survived. Right. Right? But then we become Christians, and we don't think that that's the same God. <laughs> we all of a sudden think that God is only a God that does good things when we make good decisions. Right. But it's the same God. Right. You know what I mean? And, and I think, again, I don't know. I, I do think that um, we need to take risks. I do think that there are dumb decisions. Mm -hmm. I do think... Uh, that sometimes is really hard to make the differentiation between those two things. But if God is going to be involved, right? Right. And I'm almost afraid of saying this, right? I almost want to say that it doesn't matter. Right. Well, uh, so... And not that it doesn't matter, <laughs> but I almost want to say that it doesn't matter. Well, okay. So one, I, I think there's a fault in... Um, a lot of times we can disguise uh, caution and fear uh, as wisdom. And I think in what you're saying, you're right. Like, we are going to do things that not, might not look safe and cautious, um, but are still wise because we know and trust the God of the universe. But an analogy comes to my mind, and I think... Let's let's think about the whole standing on the edge of a cliff, uh, but we can even make it simpler than that. Standing on the edge of a diving board, a high diving board. And there's three kinds of people, right? Right. The kinds of people who trust the water beneath them. Uh, they're not afraid of heights. Um, 
So they run and they jump off with reckless abandon and, you know, land in the pool, all fine and dandy. Everybody watching knows it's fine and dandy, too. Then you have the person who doesn't jump off at all. Right. They might even go up to the top, but they are, they're afraid. They, they simply don't have the faith to take the leap, right? So they stay in a life of caution and safety, um, never trusting God, um, doing the things that will only benefit them, you know what I'm saying, or that only makes sense to them. To them. Um, and then there are those people who want to be faithful, um, but they're afraid uh, and they doubt. And this is the, I won't say it's the worst kind of person. I think the worst kind of person is the person who has no faith and doesn't jump ever. Right, right, right. But that person might not get the kind of drama and tragedy that might come with a double-minded person, as James talks about. Because right. a double-minded person gets to the edge of the, the, the diving board, and you, we've all seen videos of it. You know, they, they teeter, and they right, stop, right. And, they, and then they jump halfway, and their body hits the diving board, and they tumble <laughs> off, and they, they belly flop into the water. And at the end right, of right. the day, they're okay. But their path was a lot more painful than it needed to be because they simply didn't trust God enough to jump out fully, um, and 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 therefore they tumbled, right? You know, and they land, like you said, that's when it, it doesn't matter. Like they land still in the graces of God, right? They went off the cliff, <laughs> right? And and it's it's I, I think the only person who's really in danger here uh, is the one who decides never to walk in that direction, right. the one who who never takes the leap, who who trusts only in his own strengths, in his own understandings, and who never gives God uh, the the uh, the recognition that God needs, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. So so here's the thing, and I, and I think um, I don't know that I, that I have the answers, or it's possible that I have the answers for a lot of this stuff, right? But if anything, what I would like. Well, not what I would like, but I think what we, the kind of people that we should be, right, is uh, the kind of people that are constantly moving in a direction um, that is risky, challenging, unknown, right? And I think um, the... Like I said, I don't think that there ought to be more willing risk takers mm. in this world than Christians. Right. And I think part of what concerns me is a lot of times that is the opposite of the reality. Yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of times, like, Christians are the most cautious. They're the most uh, unwilling to take risks. Because, again, like, I think... If, if uh, you know, this is part of the conversation we're having with the whole uh, conversation of holiness, right? I think because we are very mindful that our lives ought to look a certain way, there's times that I think we, um, like, for, like, let me paint this scenario. Like, say somebody was a, a really pl well-placed manager in, I don't know, some important company, right? right? And that person decided to go and quit their jobs and try to go into the ministry or try to go into the mission field, right. right? And something didn't go well, right? All of a sudden, this person needs to go back to work, and all of a sudden they become the cautionary tale of why you don't leave 
your management position right. at important company X. Right. Right? And I think that to many of us can feel like defeat. But what I'm saying is if we operate under different uh different parameters, right? If us Christians indeed operate in, in, in a realm that isn't necessarily this one, if we're part of the kingdom of God, if we have the spirit, we can go through that experience and still be victorious. And yes, let the world say that you're a cautionary tale. Right. You know what I mean? I think part of us needs to not care. Right. But you know that you went to into the ministry, you know that you went into the mission field, and you made some kind of good difference. Right. And maybe, you know what, at the end of the day, like, maybe you went to abroad or to some other place and you got sick or something really bad happened and you had to, like, uh, come back or somehow the finances of it all didn't just didn't work out and you had to come back. I mean, again, people can look at that and be like, well, that guy lost. Right. Or you can say, like, man, like, I, I, I went out there and did this really try to do this really faithful, this really faith-filled thing. And you know what? It didn't work out, but, like, man, did it feel awesome. Right. Like, I was out there trying to serve God, and it maybe have not been success. Right. But I know that I went out there and converted, like, six people. Man, those are six people that, like, nobody can ever take away from me. Right. And certainly nobody can take away from God. Right. Well, uh, uh, and that kind of answers this kind of last question that I had, but I was going to say – you know, how do we cope when we jump off the cliff and we break our arm or, or we jump off the cliff and it, it and, and not even in terms of the world's success? Because I, I think there is a difference between what the world thinks is success and what we might think of success. But like, let's say, um, you know, you take that leap of faith and you mentioned you get sick or something or your wife dies or your kid dies or something, because I think the problem that most people have is not that they don't understand these things logically right but that pain hurts yes and there are children who fall off of jungle gyms and and break their arms and they have a phobia now of ever going up on a jungle gym again and and i think that is you know it's not that it's justified that they shouldn't do that anymore um but I understand pain and, and the fear of not wanting to hurt. So the question is, how do we cope when we, when we are disappointed at the end of our faith? And, and not that, you know, I'm not saying that we will ultimately be disappointed at the end of our faith, right? right, right, right. Because Jesus will come back and we will all be rewarded. But um, here and now, you know, in, in, the, in this realm, in this time, uh, when we fall flat, when we break our arm, when we lose the things that we love, um, when it hurts, how do we cope? Well, so I think uh, this is true for this particular topic, and I think it's true for a lot of things in life, right? Which I think, uh, and I wish I had a better answer, and at the same time, I don't think there is one. Right. Uh, because I think ultimately no matter which side of this whole conversation about faith that we're having, no matter which, no matter which side you take this, right, whether we're at, sort of at the beginning of the journey, in the middle of the journey, or at the end of it, I think the, what makes the biggest difference is uh, perspective, mm. right? Because um, 
like for example, there's a woman at the church that we both attend, right? Who went on a mission trip somewhere in Africa, mm -hmm. and while there, she got mysteriously ill, right? Right. And right. now she can't really walk, and has a really hard time talking, mm -hmm. right? And to this day, no one knows. Something happened to her. Right. N like, no doctor's been able to figure out right. what that something was. Right. Right? Dude, and this woman has every right <laughs> to be bitter and to be mad. Right. And to, like, not serve. Like, this woman could perfectly go, you know what? Like, I've done enough. Right. Like, I, I clearly paid my dues. Right. Don't ask me to do anything. Right. But what's amazing is that this woman, <laughs> right, if there is an opportunity to serve, she's there. Right. Right? She's one of the most joyful, <laughs> happy, engaging social people in our church. Mm -hmm. Right? She's super loving. And if she has an opportunity to do something with her limited capabilities, she will do it to the fullest extent right. of her being. Right. And I'm like, what on earth possesses <laughs> this woman to be this way? Mm -hmm. And dude, it's nothing but perspective. Right. Like literally this woman has made a decision to to look at what happened in her life and be like, you know what? It didn't work. Like right. this this in 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 some if in some standards, in some perspective, this trip I took Right. This this place that I went to was the worst thing that could ever happen in my life. Right. 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 She could be she could, and she has every right. She has every right to be that person. Yeah. Right. But she's not. Right. She And she's actually totally the opposite of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like and again, I think, again, part of this whole conversation. Right. There there is no faith without risk. Right. There is no faith with a certain degree of abandonment. Yeah. Like faith requires for us to let go. And and that it terrifies us, yep. man. Yeah. Because we don't know the outcome. Yeah. But as, what I'm saying is that even when we don't know the outcome and even if the outcome was indeed horrible, right? I think we can take the perspective of you know what? I'm not going to play the result, right? Because what I did, I did it willingly, and I did it with a heart to serve, and I did it with a heart for God. Yeah. God hasn't changed. My circumstance may have changed. I may have lost something, right? Right. But ultimately, like, I did this because I love God, and I still love God. I did this because I wanted to do something for God, and I did. Right. And it may not have worked out the way, the way that I wanted to, but, like, I can make the best of it. Right. You know what I mean? And and again, like, you know, I gave you the example of this woman, but but this this was the case, right? Right. For every single one of the apostles, for example. Mm. Right? They all engaged in this new thing mm -hmm. and they all believed in this guy that rose from the dead. Right. Right? And they did it with joy and willingness and it ended up horribly for them. Right. They were all murdered. Yes. And and so you look at that and go like, well, what was special about these guys that they were willing to do this? And if you read what they say, it's perspective, man, that <laughs> they they found it an honor and a joy right. to have done so. Yeah. 
which is wild to think about. Yeah. And I was actually having this conversation with somebody the other day. Uh, and actually, this is a topic that I want to do in the near future about joy. Mm-hmm. Because, for example, like, dude, when you're doing what you feel you were called to do. Right. Right. When you're doing what you want to do, which a lot of a lot of times I feel like those paths cross. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of times God uh, gives us dreams that we want. Sure. Right. When you're doing what you feel like you're called to do and when you're doing what you want to do, what you do willingly and with a certain degree of enthusiasm and gun ho-ness, mm-hmm. right? When you do those things, even when it hurts, you enjoy it. Right. Like there's – in in the right kind of sacrifice, sure. there's a lot of joy in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think of like things – like for example, when I was in my early teens – Dude, I used to love basketball. Like I thought, m- me five seven Mexican, <laughs> five seven Mexican thought I was going to play basketball professionally. Right, right. Like this is what I did all day. Perry was play basketball, right. right? And so I didn't care if I was thirsty or if I was hungry or if I was hot or if I got hurt. Right, right. And. People observing me would probably would have been like, well, isn't he tired? Right. Isn't he miserable? Isn't right. he? Dude, like those were some of the happiest moments of my life. Right. Even in all the misery, because it's it I was sacrificing for something I love. Right. And I think if our faith is born out of a love for God, out of a desire to want to do something awesome for him, again, I feel like that gives us a whole different perspective. Yeah. And the outcome doesn't matter. Because the outcome isn't really the reason why we engage right. with these things. Right. Right? Like, we're not necessarily doing it for a result. We're doing it for a reason. Right. And I think, like, that is, like, the greatest thing that we could ever do. Absolutely. So, I just have one more thought here. Yes. Um, and it's not even necessarily a question. I'm going to read the scripture um, and kind of speak to the condition of the world we live in. Uh, this is in Revelations 3, verse 14. It says, To the angel... Of the church in Laodicea, write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds. This is Jesus speaking. That you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. And, and I read that only because I think everything that you're saying is so true. Um, and I think America, America is so rich and wealthy in so many different things, so many different areas. Right. Um, that we have created a condition for ourselves where we don't need God. I mean, we're in the post-Christian world now. Like, right. the idea <laughs> of God is archaic. Right. We, we, we have we are rich. We do not need a thing. And, and therefore, like the concept of standing on the edge and jumping off, when we can not go anywhere near the edge and still have all the food that we need, all the knowledge that we need, all the, all the air conditioning and clothes and entertainment that we need, if we can be comfortable over here, why do we need to get near the ledge? And I, I think there's a reason. I think America has become a place where, one, Christians— don't believe in the supernatural. Right. 
Christians yeah. don't believe in miracles. We have rationalized absolutely everything. And so because even Christians don't believe in the supernatural, the non-Christian, the man who doesn't know God, sees no power in God right. and in his word. And I, I just think America has become the place where Jesus can do no miracles because we have arrived at such wealth that we do not need faith or God. And until we break the illusion, like you're saying, right. until we change our perspective from understanding that success and wealth is not in having the nice house and the nice car and all the all the fences and security, right, that, that these outer things are going to provide, but, but that we were designed and created to be with God and like God. Like, until we see that... I think we'll be, we will be stuck behind walls of wealth, but inside of those walls, we will be poor, wretched, yep. pitiful, and naked. Um, and I just think that's like, for me, it's something that I have to consistently look at my life. What am I aiming for? What do I really desire? And why do I desire those things? And, and how far is God up there on my desire list? Right. Um, and I think until God is number one on that desire list, faith will be something that will be very hard to attain. Yeah. So yep. that was my final thought. No, that's a great that's a great thought to close with. Uh, thank you for being on, Perry, and thank you for having this conversation. Hopefully everybody enjoyed it. And uh, you can always give us feedback either directly to us. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at Rodrigo Ether. You can also contact us at our general account at EtherMMC. And what was your handle again? Trembler of Days. Yes, I said on the last podcast that Perry doesn't do uh, social media. Mainly because he's a really old person stuck in a young person's <laughs> body, but he does indeed have an Instagram account, so you can find him. I actually have a Twitter as well. Oh, there Trimbler you go. of days as well. There you go. Yeah. So if you have any feedback, also we did create a discussion group for this particular uh, podcast on our Facebook page. So if you want to join it and just discuss these things, you're more than welcome to. And thank you so much for listening slash watching, and we'll catch you in the next one. Yep, see you later.